the KCLR Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online and on smart speaker. Abortion services in St. Luke's General Hospital because women in Carlow and Kilkenny can now avail of abortion services at St. Luke's. The announcement was made by the Minister for Health, Stephen Donnelly, just last week. And a total of five maternity hospitals have been added to the list of those offering the provision of termination of pregnancy services under 12 weeks, which brings the total nationwide to 17. Joining us in studio to discuss this a little further, uh, Councillor Maria Dollard, you're very welcome in. Maria, great to have you. Good morning, Brian, and thanks for asking me in. I suppose, considering the starting point for this topic of conversation was the abortion referendum, which happened a number of years ago now, why, in your opinion, has it taken so long for the services to reach uh, hospitals here locally? I suppose, you know, we we live in a, a quite, I suppose, small society, you know, and the uh, division that was expressed um, around the time of... Uh, discussion around abortion services in Ireland filters through the whole system I guess and um, you know I know a number of years ago there was um, a, you know a statement from St Luke's that they didn't have the resources mm. they didn't and it seemed to centre around really that there weren't sufficient staff uh, and sufficiently clinically qualified to lead out on this this service and that was the reason that um, it wasn't being provided before now but I think a lot of work has been done behind the scenes to hire the clinical team and to make sure that any woman uh, in Carlow, Kilkenny and the surrounding areas can now avail of this early termination services uh, and care in their local hospital as they would for any other uh, health care issue or any other, uh, you know, um, hospital based um, service that they would require. So I, I think that's probably what it is. And, and it's, it's, I suppose, understandable that it takes time for people to, you know, come around and, and accept that this is the will of the Irish people. And, you know, we have we have made that decision. So. Well, expanded services for termination of pregnancy under the Health um, Regulation of Termination Pregnancy Act of 2018 yeah. Yeah. were actually introduced on the 1st of January 2019. So it's almost five years ago now yeah, at this stage. Yeah, and I suppose I know people say we use COVID for every kind of a reason, but COVID put enormous strain on health services in general. And a lot of people moved around within the health services doing different jobs, you know, because there was so much vaccinations had to be done and everything. So I I guess it disrupted a lot of plans and and progress. But I think the good news is that it's here now and it's, you know, this will really... I think only impact on a very small number of women but it's very important that they are just as well looked after as anybody else most um, uh, pregnancy and abortion care is done in the community with with the GP yeah yeah Um, it's amazing to me that there's two things have always been connected abortion and women have women women having to travel to or to access those services pre this act you know some five years ago now people had to travel abroad Uh, it's very important that women who need these services can access them locally without now having to travel to other parts of the country as they may have done Absolutely. over the last yeah, number of years. I think around the time of the Repeal the Eighth Amendment um, campaign we did hear a lot of really, really disturbing and tragic stories of women who were really isolated, had to travel abroad, um, were scared, frightened, um, you know, and, and I think you know, we managed to bring some compassion into the debate and uh, and regardless of what people's personal views are, and we all have our own personal views of our own attitude to how we would respond in those situations, to reflect that back onto other people and demand that they follow what we would believe to be the right thing to do, I think most people agreed that that was just not fair and not right. 
Well, Dr. Aoife Mullally, who's the HSE Clinical Lead for Termination Services, said, I welcome the significant expansion, expansion of termination of pregnancy care. This will enable women to access care in their local units without additional burden of travel. Uh, would you also welcome the expansion into St. Luke's? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of um, the same sort of scenarios that we would have heard from years gone by where, you know, particularly younger women or women with particular health conditions um, that would, would be forced to travel away, away from home, away from family, from that supporter of your family um, and not be able to get your, your care in your own community. And, uh, and you know, there are women who might have other children at home. There's all kinds of reasons why, mm-hmm. you know, you, you it is better to be cared for in your own community. I think everybody, it doesn't matter what your health condition is, everybody wants to, you know, have that treatment as near to home as possible because it's a very stressful time, you know, for everybody. And, you know, I think it, it, it normalises it. And, um, and I suppose it takes the fear factor, it takes another la- layer of stress out of the whole a scenario for any woman that's faced with that that kind of decision to make. Only two of the hospitals that were due to offer this care still remain um, not offering that care. That's Cavan and Clomel, and apparently they'll begin um, service provision in 2024. So by five years after the act being enacted, um, we will have uh, full provision. It's it's amazing to me that uh, this. It's an important topic of conversation for sure, but that we're still having to have these conversations in a modern Irish society uh, yeah. where where women who need access for those services for all sorts of reasons mm. are still a topic of conversation. Yeah, and it's interesting to me that th- this is coming from legislation. So, you know, it's important who's in the doll. And, you know, I, I don't think I realised it until I became a county councillor how invisible women are politically. You know, we we have now because of gender quotas, we have 25 percent of um, TDs in the doll are women. And like I always say, it matters who's in the room when you're having discussions and you need diversity and you need gender balance. And, you know, it's really highlighted to me the very poor gender balance there is in local politics. We don't have gender quotas um, in Kilkenny. We just have four county councillors out of 24. Um, and, you know, even, you know, time and time again, I've, I've come up against scenarios where, you know, we will say if you look at um, Kilkenny Civic Trust, mm. that was the most recent example I had. And we were uh, we had a presentation and um, we were told the, the board and it turned out that there were nine people on the board and eight of the nine were men and one was a woman. You know, and, and I asked the question, are there no competent women in Kilkenny that could sit on that board? So women tend to be invisible, I find, um, and like I said, it didn't, it, it really hit me, um, even women's voices. I've, I've been at meetings where I might make a suggestion and it doesn't get a response. And then a few minutes later, a man will make the same suggestion and then another man will support it. And I, in the beginning, I thought it was some sort of political um, tactic to, uh, and you know, to sort of silence me. But then I think I realised that it was just that I wasn't being heard, you know. So sometimes... Um, I think it is, you know, those things do filter up to to national government. So if you don't have uh, women at national level, because that's where legislation is is developed, is at national level. And I think we we do need more gender balance and more diversity in politics in order for these issues to be brought to the table and discussed and decided upon. Uh, The question I was going to ask, which I'm also slightly ashamed to ask, is does it take an extremely brave woman to step into politics? 
Um, there shouldn't be the need yeah. for a woman to be specifically brave to do so, but it's nevertheless the question I, that came to mind. I've training. There's, there's two organisations, See Her Elected and Women for Election, and they're absolutely fantastic. And they gave women who are thinking about going for uh, election a space to, to discuss things. And we had a, a really good presentation um, online during COVID and we had the youngest county councillor a lady from Galway she was still a student at the time and we had the most senior and long serving county councillor who was Mary Hilda Kavanagh from Kilkenny and I, I didn't forget what Mary Hilda said she said you know she said uh, if you're a woman she said in politics you have to be that little bit better than the man to get elected and it really kind of struck me that you do have to be you have to have that little bit extra of an edge, I think, to to get elected, you know, because it is it does require courage, and women tend to wait to be asked. That will we, yeah. that's what we've been we've I, learned. I, you know? I, I, and and that's that's a logistical issue that manifests itself in situations like we're talking about at the moment. Because yeah. you know, women make up fifty percent of the of our society. They yes. they should receive equal representation within society, yeah. and yet issues that I'm ashamed to say that that that, that affect women more than men are still only being addressed to this day. Talking mm. and continuing our conversation around the access to to abortion services. Uh, text are in wondering how many doctors in Carlow and Kilkenny provide these services? Single digits still, is it? Please, question mark. Um, I, I don't know the exact figure, yeah. but if you go onto the HSE website, all the information is there. And I, I know in the beginning there was a small number of um, GPs that were providing the services. But uh, my understanding is that a GP will have to have the referral name of who you can go to if they don't provide the service themselves. So there isn't a shortage of information. You will be referred to somebody and you will get care. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, I mean, you, you can't, there is a, a stipulation. GPs no can't refuse you uh, access to service even if they don't it's, provide it themselves. they don't provide it. So we, I think the compromise was that you would allow healthcare professionals to not involve themselves in abortions if that was, if they ethically or if they, through their conscience, didn't feel that it was something that they could engage in and I think that's fair enough um, and probably the, the, the doctors refle- ref- reflect a lot of the I suppose split that there was in society at the time that we had these these discussions but, but what they do have to do is provide you with the information to uh, 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 refer you to another GP. That well we're going to try and get it. some access to that information yeah, in terms yeah. of how many do. Yeah. It's um, a good day. I think it is. I absolutely think it is because, you know, I think we have to have compassion for people. And I think women, um, you know, have been silenced for too long and and uh, have not been allowed to make choices that that the burden of care does always fall really to the woman. In you know, so many cases, it's it's women who are the main cares. You know, I know as a mother of a child with autism, you know, and, and speaking to other parents, it is women, you know, who are the ones who usually have to compromise their career, who have to maybe work around their. Um, and certainly that was my experience. You just work around your work life, if you can have a work life um, around your child who is a disability. And so a lot of these issues where I suppose the long term issues were not considered um, before. So I suppose, you know, in, in cases where um, women are faced with something like a fatal fetal abnormality that, uh, you know, beforehand they weren't maybe given those choices. And, uh, you know, it is it's a very difficult decision, I think, for any uh, family or any woman 
uh, individually because sometimes it is a lonely decision that she has to make on her own and for to know that your services and your care will be provided in your local community I think can make a huge difference for a very small number of people you know I think that is the main thing It's interesting uh, texts in from people regarding uh, gender quotas for example um, sorry Maria mm-hmm. gender quotas are BS gender should be irrelevant you should purely be voted for merit um, more women in politics question mark just look at the crazies uh, we have in the UK um, and that actually comes in from a woman yeah and, and you know what uh, sometimes I wonder you know at, at some of the attitudes that I hear f- coming from women and I suppose you know I, I would have studied my I would have studied a master's in adult and community education and and we did a, a module on gender equality and gender studies and I started off that module sort of saying, oh, I'm not so interested. I really couldn't give a hoot about all this feminist nonsense, you know. But when I started to engage with learning with women for election and see her elected, I realised the ways in which women are excluded from these positions. And it's not, you know, I remember our, our uh, tutor talking to us and she studied this in detail. She's, she's Dr. Michelle Marsh, she's fantastic. But she said, men don't get up and look in the mirror every day and say, you know, I'm so lucky I'm a man. I have advantages that you know, women don't have. But she said they do. And that is it's just by, by gender you have advantages. And um, and that has become really clear to me now since becoming a county councillor. I can really see how even men's voices um, tend to get listened to more. I don't know if it's the, the tone of voice or what it is. And I remember a man many, many years ago saying to me, we were advocating for children with autism. And he said to me, from now on, he said, one of us lads will do the talking because he said people don't listen to women. And I started laughing because I thought he was joking, but I realised he was absolutely serious. Yeah, you yeah. know, and so I, many of these topics are are, yeah. are so very divisive. Um, yeah. you know, people texting very sad that the ex- extermination of the unborn yeah. um, is being introduced in St Luke's just mm. because it's legal does not mean it's right. And and that's absolutely fine for somebody to hold that opinion. And I can understand, you know, how people have different, you know, really deeply held views on that topic. But I suppose, from my own personal point of view, I would think. Why should my view be imposed on somebody else when I'm not living in their their life yeah. and I don't know that their circumstances? And you know, I suppose as a mother of a child with autism, I would find that despite you know people you know being against um, abortion and and uh, and thinking that every child you know needs to be born and needs to be looked after, we don't look after. We don't look after uh, children with disabilities. We don't look after. I mean, if anybody saw the um, the documentary la- last week on traveller children and the, the extraordinarily high rates of suicide. We're not looking after the children. We'll be talking about that born. story a little bit more this afternoon. Uh, later on this morning, we'll be going live to the Dáil where we'll be joined um, by a number of people from the Traveller community um, talking about exactly that thing. Um, unfortunately, access to actual amount of doctors providing the service is not available, but you can free phone 1800 828 010 to hear about your options and of course with topics like this anybody that's affected by these topics you can go to Casey Law's website check out our help page there's lots of information out there for people uh, to and, do and check out that itself is such a dramatic change you know from when I was a young woman you know there just wasn't there wasn't 
any I don't know where people got information they normally wrote to the, the local radio station sometimes yeah. people like Gay Byrne yeah. for example exactly. traditionally would have been a big friend exactly. of women exactly and um, they journeys well, they didn't know where they were going yeah, it's, well listen yeah. I, I, I think things have moved forward yeah. you know some people might not necessarily move, say in a positive way but they yeah. have moved forward and um, yeah. it's good to see that the provision of those services are coming yeah. um, available for women here locally while I have you Maria I couldn't let you go without talking about the fact that uh, uh, Big Phil seems to be back I mean the Kilkenny GA corporate plan for 24 to 30 uh, was launched at the December County Board meeting on Monday just past the UPMC in Ireland Park spearheaded by Phil Hogan uh, this plan aims to bring new investments to Kilkenny GAA um, any idea where Phil has been for the last few years and you happy to see him back? <laughs> um, I associate Phil Hogan in my mind um, with uh, a, a television interview he did at the time of the water charges where he, he um, told everybody that if we didn't pay our water charges that our, our water would, would be reduced down to a trickle and I remember he held up his hand on TV and I remember thinking like water is a human right you can't do that <laughs> you know and I forever that stuck in my head Phil is a very um I suppose he's he's larger than life kind of a character. Um, I don't know him personally. Um, I I probably don't really like the way he is portrayed or the way he, he the impression he gives. You know, it, it does seem like quite a um, a very big character and with lots of things to say. And I suppose the the Golfgate incident would not have endeared him to many people because it would have given many people that here impression. locally though could see past Golfgate and see the work Absolutely, that Phil did for yeah. them. And they and they would say that he was very effective in getting things done and that he was a huge loss um, to. He still has a lot of support Europe. in the political sphere here locally because even just recently we yeah. heard that apparently uh, our current Taoiseach Leo Varadkar will never be again welcome in Kilkenny as a result of um, some of the dealings he's uh, accused of having with Phil. Oh, look, I take all of that kind of stuff with a pinch of salt. You know, people, you know, there's lots of people with lots of opinions. Um, I, I remember uh, sitting outside his office uh, when my daughter left school. Uh, she's 30 now, so she left school when she was about 18 or she was just turned 19. And it was the year the government f- cut all funding for school leavers with disabilities. And I had no place to go with Lucy. And I had a very kindly, uh, Larsh in Callan gave us one day a week and uh, and I w- was in with Phil's office and I was not happy at all. And so Big Phil didn't sort out that problem for you? He didn't sort it out and I sorted it out myself. Well, I'm sure many people <laughs> would uh, would have uh, examples of problems that Big Phil, as he's well known, yeah, sure would have sorted would. out. Maria, sure it's always a pleasure to have you with us in studio talking about uh, the return of Big Phil, if, if that's what it is. Uh, great. And, and, and actually, the, the investment in GA, I couldn't say enough good things about the GA and, you know, uh, just a big shout out to the women out in Dixborough who are in an All-Ireland um, club final in the Camogie so we're looking forward to that so well, great and, to have and, you and with the us. fact that the, a lot of the GA clubs have amalgamated their Camogie and their, their GA so it's it's all the hurling the Camogie it's all one and that's what we need we need women and men together working together and on boards together and that's that's and so big shout out for all of that all positive yeah, yeah good Maria Dollar talking about the fact that women in Carlow and Kilkenny can now avail of abortion services here at St Luke's General Hospital thank you as always for your time this morning the KCL or Daily with Brian Redmond on air, online, and on smart speaker. With thanks to Fairgreen Shopping Centre Carlo, helping you step out of the sweatpants and into style. See fairgreen.ie.